Hello. Finally, huh? It was me. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, so this will definitely not be in the part that we say. Okay. 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 So you, you want me to this one? Sure. Okay. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Savvy Social Worker Podcast. I'm Dr. Lolita Boykin, and I am here today with my girl, my bestie, Gloria Thompson. Hey, Gloria, how you doing? Hey, hello. I'm good. Hey there, hey there. I am good as well. I'm so happy to have Gloria. Gloria is a licensed clinical social worker in my hometown of Baton Rouge. All right. How's it going down there? It's good. It's good. Okay. Okay. And for those of you who don't know me, I am on the Alabama Gulf Coast in the Baldwin County area. So, but today we are here to talk about green leaf. Are you ready, Gloria? I'm ready. You're ready? I think there's just so many good things we can look at for Black families and Black relationships, particularly with everything that's going on now, you know, with the whole Black Lives Matter. And I don't really see a lot of therapeutic and social work interventions that are targeted specifically for for Black folks. What about you? No, not at all. I I think that we're going to see more. I think we're coming through in a phase where there's more enlightenment regarding some of the specific issues that are are relevant for African Americans. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, I'm hoping that we start to see that in clinical social work practice. So I'm I'm excited about that, about the change mm-hmm. um and, and where it's gonna take us. And and I, I am as well. And so um I've seen a few things where people are talking about just some general issues and things with with TV shows. And I think that's a good point because um, I saw a report from the Nielsen Report saying that Black women watch more television shows than any other demographic. And they're saying it's because a lot of shows reflect our lives and our experiences. So I think that's a good point for us to jump off. So Okay, great. So let's go. You go ahead. So so do you want to give a a kind of background, you know, regarding... um, Greenleaf. I'm going to let you do that. Once you get started, and I'll just add a little something, something if I need to. Okay, so I just to mm-hmm. share from, you know, we all know that Greenleaf was based upon, Oprah was a major person um, to get, to produce Greenleaf. And just a little bit about what it says. It says it's a Memphis mega church. It's a family ministry where the focus on a loving and caring clan. And I like the idea, the word that they use clan, because mm-hmm. when we think of clans, we think of like uh, tightness, but we mm-hmm. also think of some of the dysfunction. Mm-hmm. So they said beyond yeah. the surface through, though exist scandalous secrets and lies, greed, adultery, and sibling robbery among the issues that threaten to test the family and faith and tear the group apart. So one of the things that this, 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 television show what it the whole focus of and sometimes we a lot of people are caught up that is related about the church and the family but that's that's not where the most of it it is it's focused on that family and you cannot look at an african-american family without considering the role of the church and i like the idea that they bring all of it together so it's very i'm sorry it's very difficult for this show to separate the two uh, but I think what we're going to look at is some of the things that we see in African-American families mm-hmm. and some of the things are our faith, our family, 
Um, and we're going to look at in relationships. So I, I think today, if I'm not jumping too far ahead, that we're going to look at some of the relationships today. And who knows, we may go another direction as we get in our discussion because we're both passionate uh, about this show and about working with families and empowering individuals. And I, I definitely agree, Gloria, because I know when I started watching Relief when it first had come out, people related to it and they loved it. And I think the reason is most of us, people like you and me who grew up in the church or have family members who are leaders in the church, you could understand that. And what I also mm-hmm. like about it is, is that it's real. You know, sometimes we like to put on that just because we're um, Christians or in the faith that everything's perfect. And that's not true. And I think there's just so much you can learn and take from what we're going to talk about today. So I am ready. Let the church say amen. 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 Let's get started. So where would you like to um, start off? Gloria? So one of the things that I want, wanted to start was to look at the relationships, the relationship in, in the family. And, and, you know, as we had this discussion, some of the ideas and things that I, that we talked about was the, the importance of the family ties and the relationship and what in season five, you know, just to give a backdrop for those people who haven't seen it, the church uh, is basically taken away from the family, the, the, that church in Calvary was built by uh, the, the minister and lady. Yes. The, the bishop and lady may and basically what happens is this uh this white church comes in and kind of tricks them and end up taking the church away from them so in this season the stories with them seeing not just um their family torn apart and some of the conflict in the family mm-hmm. but it also shows that you know the church is, to, is, is being torn apart as well so one of the things just to give you a little feel in in and and what happened in, in the previous episodes was, you know, when we think of our parents and, and who can hurt you more than family. That's right. Yeah. So I think what happened in the previous episodes that, you know, if I can use my, my grandmother's, the enemy came in. Yes, he did. And the enemy actually used a family member to separate the family. Yes. And that is something throughout. Yes. This this show where you're going to see is that an outsider comes in and causes division within the family. Mm-hmm. So that's where I, I wanted to kind of focus on that. And I think you wanted to look at some of the more intimate relationships. Right. Yes. And, and how faith in the church kind of is impacted by that or influenced by that. Yes. Okay. So just as I looked at this, I was reading through some stuff and I, I thought it was interesting that I read through something that said, when we think of the family, African-American family, we automatically think about, hey, we're tight. Nothing can separate us. Now, this is I think this is a vision and this is an idealistic view that we see ourselves. And I think that when our parents grew up and when our parents went through slavery, there was a, a unity there. Mm-hmm. And I think that what happened through the generations in order for us to succeed many times, what happened was the family started competing with one another. Uh-huh. You know, when mom, grandmother, and my mom tells the story, they tell the story of, you know, how the family stuck together right. and how, you know, even when one person, maybe it was one pair of sh- good shoes that they passed Right. You know, from family member to family member, 
And and it wasn't like if you come along and you would even see when one person moved to the north, got away from the poverty in the south, they prepared things for the next person to come. So one of the things as we uh, work to achieve what we consider success now is that we are competing against our brothers and our sisters. Mm. And in this particular show, that one of the things when we talk about charity, she's one of the daughters and she talked about my vision and my dream forever was to be a minister in this church. But in order for her to have that position, she had to turn her back on her family. She had to betray her family. So I I think it's important for us to see that. Mm -hmm. But later on, I want to talk about what happens, even though she betrayed her family. Okay, let's see. How, How did the family deal with that? So wow. I think that's the part I want to talk to talk about a little bit. Okay. You wanted to you want to add something to that? Well, and just for a little background, Charity, in my opinion, always felt like she was that middle child. She um, always felt overlooked, and I think she really was fighting to find a place and a voice in the family. They always kind of coddled her, and and you know she was involved in music ministry, but she wanted to be in the preaching ministry. Like mm-hmm. her parents and her older sister, for sure, and her brother. So I definitely see where there's going to be some interesting family dynamics there. Yes. Now, one a great article, if you have a time to review, is called The Separation of the Black Family. And it's in the newsletter, The Black uh, Detour. And it talks about, just to read a little excerpt, it said, why is there a lack of unity in black families? Uh, and it basically says, in fact, that the reason that contribute to black family separation is one of them happened to be envy. And it's, it's sad to say that jealousy seems to be a policy within many families these days. It's because the sister kids turned out better than your kids. Mm. It's because your cousin got to live in a fancy house all her life. Mm. In Greenleaf, the charity felt that uh, Gigi actually betrayed the family early on. She left the family. Mm-hmm. She forgot about the family. Yet when she came back, she was one where the family embraced and she got to be the everything that Charity wanted. That's true. I hadn't thought about it like that. So now it's, it's that division that, that they had in the family. That was something. But in order for me to achieve, and the unfortunate part, in order for me to achieve greatness, not only do I have to be better than the white man or the white woman, now I have to compete with my sisters and my brothers. Right, right. So, and that's cool. kind of, that's kind of concerning because it goes against everything that our fathers and our mothers taught us was you never turn your back on, right. on the family. Right. Right. Well, do you want to get into a little more of that now? No, no, go ahead. You jump in there. Let's let's go with that. Well, I think you're definitely right about charity and, and making these sort of decisions. But just going back, I can't remember if it was season three when she kind of had her little breakdown and the family just sort of thought that was just charity. They didn't really stop to try to understand what was going on with her. Remember, she was in the hospital yeah, and yeah. she just lost it and so i i think that just kind of pushed her to say well i gotta do me and if it hurts them oh well and because she was a little uh salty and snippy even though she's living in her parents home and a beautiful home they have 
she was really definitely catching some attitude, I thought. You know, and, and I I think that's one of the one of the, the issues that we we have in African American families is that there's always instead of dealing with the issue that needed to be dealt, you know, you just mm-hmm. basically explain it, oh, that's just charity, that's that's Uncle Charlie, you know, right. he has issues and you kinda not um address it. Right, and you kind of and minimize it. Absolutely, or you sweep it under the rug. rug and yes. and sooner or later, what's going to happen? It's going to come to a head, you know. And then that we just, right. you know, out of mind, out of sight, out of mind. Right, right. Just keep it moving and just absolutely handle your business. You're absolutely right, and I think we saw some of that in some of the earlier seasons with Uncle Mac and mm-hmm. the, you know some of the child molestation stuff, and that was always kind of swept on the rug for a long time. For years, right? I definitely see that. And I honestly, let me let me just say this: that I am not going to take anything from the African American family or African American people because we are a resilient people. You know, we're tough. We've had many challenges. We have Mm -hmm. not only survived slavery, but even the poverty and even the uh, racism that we face even today, the systemic racism. But one of the things that we that we tend to do is that. Uh, we we don't focus on enough on some of the healthy. You know, we don't tend to the unhealthy things, and and we just ignore instead of address some of the challenges and the dysfunctions that exist in our family and our community. You know, we tend to make excuses for, or we may even say not not us, not not black people. That doesn't happen to right. us. When the reality is, is that some of the same dysfunction that we see in the community are very much alive in the family. And, yeah. and that's where this show brings. And I think that was one of the things in our, uh, I'll take discussion that you had was that let's look at the, the, what charity is going through as a person right. and the and impact it has on the family. Let's look at the relationships that, that they have, uh, some of the marital and intimate relationships and how, you know, it's not being addressed. It's being ignored. Right, right. I think that's definitely true. And I don't know if you want me to use this as a jump off point. To yeah, sure. Explore some of that. Well, since we're talking about charity and have middle child stuff, one of the things that I found was that with charity, she seemed like she was searching for purpose mm-hmm. and searching for, you know, her fulfillment. But she was always doing it in a man. Like if you go back to the first and second season, you know, she was married. Her husband left her for a, a man, and that was just so devastating for her. And I understand that that that's a hard hit, right? Right. And then, you know, she had the twin. She lost a twin. But rather than kind of saying, oh, wait, okay, as a person of faith, as a Christian, you know, God, what can I learn from this? How can I use this test to become my testimony and then maybe help others? She just sort of went in that downward spiral. Mm-hmm. We didn't see her really talking to her parents or her sister or anyone else about it. She was just trying to deal with it on her own. And and then she moved into this next relationship when she was on the road singing. And it's the same thing. She just put her all in him. Then that didn't work out. Worked right. out. And bam. Mm-hmm. And then in last season, especially, you know, she gets involved with his minister. He is clearly using her, but she is just so excited and likes this opportunity and what she thinks they could do together. 
And then she just jumps all in. And then, you know, he's like, well, I know I asked you to marry me, but um, I'm going to marry somebody else because this is going to help my preaching dreams and my mm-hmm. goals. And mm-hmm. so, you know, she is really devastated. So like in season one, she's addressing that issue with him and she wants to know why, why would you do this? Why did you ask me to marry you? And then when they get into the business meeting with the elders, you know, she is just, I know, almost a little childish, but trying to mm-hmm. let him know I'm going to go along with you so I can get what I want, but I'm clearly not very happy, but not like you said, using those good coping skills of honest, assertive communication Absolutely. is still kind of around the bend. But what I see with Charity is she needs to really address her issues as, as to what's going on with me. Why am I making these bad choices? And then how can I move from this to be, you know, more whole and healthy and have that positive self-esteem for myself and, I kind of see that's where she is now. Now, there are some good things when we talk about the family and how even when you, you know, take it all the way to the left, the family is kind of there to support. You know, I don't know if you want to share a little bit of that. Well, I think the family's there to support. And and I think that that this particular show, you know, they have this, this thing, this prodigal child syndrome. You know, this prodigal thing is like, even when Gigi came back, let's open the doors and we embrace her. Same thing with what Gigi did to her son. She said, let me open the door despite everything you've done. You know, you lied on me, you stole. Let me embrace you. My my child returned home to me. And even in this episode, the great thing is that um, later May actually calls her Judas. I don't know if she called her Judas or called her, but was it Judas that she said? Or I, can't, I don't remember. She, but she, she, uh, basically pointed out that she betrayed the family. family. I don't, maybe it wasn't Judas that she called it, but she pointed out betrayal. You know, she was the enemy. Right. But in the end, when the family came together, they said, hey, you're still in our, when they were getting getting ready to get married, not just be, you know, the, uh, not tell the whole story, Lady but they were, fish. yeah, they were re- getting ready to get remarried. And Charity was like, you want me there? And he's, of course I want you. You're part of our family. Right. And they embraced her. Right. Now, now look, absolutely. And I think that's that's the great thing because, and that's a whole nother um, discussion we can have on forgiveness and moving right. on. And that I think that we can, a positive thing that we can point out. But right. one of the things that concerns me, Dr. Lowe, is that we do not fix the problem again. And that's what I hope to see. And I don't think we're going to see it because it's not going to sell television you know mm-hmm. but but one of the things just beyond television i don't see it many times in our families we're okay we had a break in the family mm-hmm. you betrayed me you 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 violated our trust yeah okay so big mama need us right now we're gonna just forget about that we never address it so what happens is and, and you can tell me now, am I wrong to assume that when you don't address it, what happens in the future? Oh, it stays there until when you get upset, all of that stuff. Absolutely. Out. And and mm-hmm. the unfortunate part, many times it happens again. That's true. That's true. Now, it's so interesting that you bring up that point, because if we look at the relation of the son, Jacob, and his wife, Clarissa, I kind of see that mm-hmm. sort of, we're going to keep moving, we're married, you cheat on me, because you know he was a big cheater and then he really looked like he was trying to get it together he had some temptations and then you know she kind of was unhappy because some promises were not fulfilled 
And she decided she would cheat. And and although last season they portrayed it as, you know, she was seduced, but she was a willing participant. And so when he, you know, got an STD, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, yeah, oh, well, you know, you did it, I did it. And so Absolutely. the thing is, okay, so you hurt me, I hurt you. When do we stop this and decide, do we fix this? Absolutely. Because they do have kids, or what are we going to do? And, and, you know, um, he looks like he is just so tired of being reminded of his sins. But, you know, she kind of doesn't seem like she wants to address her sins either. Right. At this point, she feels justified. It comes across to me. Absolutely. And I think that's where we as as clinicians need to, to intervene. You know what? Right. You're, you know, I want us to be able to support our clients and say, hey, you have every right to be angry. Mm -hmm. You have every right to be frustrated and want to get back. But let's see how getting back, how that unhealthy behavior is going to help you to heal. Mm -hmm. So I I, I think there's there's some immediate uh, 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 some immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Right, absolutely. But what's the long-term consequence? Uh, and you talked about the daughter. You, I mean, we, we what's going to happen when that daughter realizes what has happened in that marriage? Right. You know, is she going to follow through with that? And, and that's the issue that we need to. How do we address it? How do we? How do we fix it? Right, and and then even helping folks understand that some of the coping methods that you use that work. Sometimes they're unhealthy because clearly when Clarissa is trying to manipulate him, mm-hmm. you know, you do this or this or, you know, I'm going to be really rich, you know, Absolutely. that may work sometimes, but at some point that's not going to work for you. Right. And right. then what are you going to do at, you know, at that point? Because I'm wondering if she's going to regret kind of pushing Jacob to the edge or how that's going to work out. What do you think? I, I, I Absolutely. Well, I think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens, whether or not they actually address it. But right. I doubt. I think it's going to just be going to be deeper and deeper. I think. Right. You right. know, and it's... and if you don't address it, I think the unfortunate part you start to hate that person. Right. You know, that, I right. mean, and I think she voiced some of that. It's that hatred. And if you right. see how she interacts with him, she so. interacts with him with disgust. Yeah. And and. Is that what you want in a marriage? You're married to this person, but you it's as if you, you can't stand to be around that person. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah. And she's definitely disrespectful kind of absolutely. You know, attitude all around. So And he yeah. was too. Now I mind you. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He he was and not once or twice. So yeah, yeah. You know, that's where counseling can help you kind of deal with that. Absolutely. And then really decide can either of them really move on and not throw that up in, in, in the other's face. Because when we talk about forgiveness, you know, particularly from a Christian perspective, that's what you're saying. You're saying, I'm, I'm not going to hold that against you. I'm going to, you know, put that in Christ's hand. And that's a difficult thing. But if you're not able to do that, then it may be better for them to separate. Absolutely. They, you know, although their oldest daughter, I think, is like, Zoe's like 18. Mm-hmm. But they have, I can't think of the, the, the son's name, but he's like young. So well, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So um so, so go ahead, Gloria. No, no, no. I, I wanted us as you know, 
I want to listen to the rest of your comments, but I want us to, before we wrap this up, to just talk about some things where some healthy interventions, how we can we take this and help the family grow and help the individuals grow? Okay. Um, well, one thing I think is really good, and I'm glad to see that this is going to be sort of the foundation, I think, in terms of what you're talking about with the family and also, you know, intimate personal relationships. Bishop and Lady May look like they Mm -hmm. have come together. You know, I think they've been married like 40, 50 years. And a lot of their early marriage and even, you know, in the last seasons was about them individually and what they wanted to gain through the church. And and it just looked to me so far that now they're saying, wait, you know, we've been through a lot. They both have their their issues. But one good thing for them is all of their... Um, secrets and past issues. It's almost like everything's on the table. You know, he mm-hmm. admitted that he did have an affair with her sister for, for years. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it came out that she had an affair with a friend of theirs and that their daughter is not his biological daughter, but he sort of accepted that and said, you know, in his mind, that is Gigi is his daughter. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of the tension maybe um may had towards Gigi it's all out in the open now and so it's all, almost like even at their age they were able to kind of revitalize their relationship with a clean slate and I think that's, that's one thing that you know healthy relationships have is that you're honest it's open you know you don't have these sick secrets another thing that I found is that um May seems to be really tapping into her spirituality you know, mm-hmm. this season, but at the end of last season, you know, she wasn't so focused on just being the pastor. She started saying, wait, we got to look, see what God wants. We have to pray. And and she was in this first episode, you know, praying and fasting and, and saying, well, we have to see what God wants. And what I think is good insight, too, is that Bishop saw her almost like with new eyes. He's like he realized that she has these great skills that he had overlooked before and that instead of it's about him and she can help him you know, look good, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that he could tap into where there are areas that maybe he's not as strong, he could really depend on her. And he felt like he could be vulnerable and depend on her and have her, you know, take up the mantle in those areas. So I really see where there's more of a give and take and really depending on each other and really being vulnerable. You know, there's a pastor named Mike Todd who he and his wife, Natalie, have this whole thing about their church, like being a hot church or being a hot Christian where you're humble, open, and transparent. And I, I, I see sort of that emerging with Bishop and Lady May. And I think that's a good foundation of really moving forward, no matter where you are, you know, newly married, kind of middle years or what, but especially for a couple their age, that's nice to see that they are looking to build something new. You know, um, although mm-hmm. what they're seeing in the church is sort of fleeting, but they're looking at some new goals. So I think that's another thing that, you know, we could look at when um, couples are in therapy or even the individuals in therapy and they're trying to look at how do I find growth? How can I move on from where I wanted to be or where I think I am to where I could be in all the new possibilities? And it's interesting because as you, as you were saying that, I wrote, I was writing a note, the here and now. I think that as a clinician, one of the things that we need to get our clients to focus on, let's focus on the here and now. Where are you yeah. now? And not just where are you now, where do you want to be? Right. The, the, the part that we have, and this is a very difficult part for everybody, 
is accepting that things sometimes cannot go back to the way they were. I wish they could. I wish I could undo many of the things that have happened in my life. Mm -hmm. And and, and many times I I tell my clients, they want to know, why did that happen? Mm -hmm. Why did they do that? And and I sometimes I have to say, knowing why, and most people don't know why, but even if you know why, how is that going to change anything? Is that going to make things better? Usually not. So right now, right here, let's focus on the here and now. Where do we go from here? How do we rebuild? How right. do we restore what we have and move forward? And 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 it's going to be a constant reminding them, hey, yeah, we lost a lot, and they're going to. This is a demonstration of of people when they lose, and they lost a lot. Mm-hmm. We've lost a lot, and I think we're going to see that now because people are going through a hardship. Yeah, we're not in that house that, you know, in that four five bedroom house that we had. So that's okay. We have each other. How do right, we grow? Right. And, and, and in the story, it talks about how do we rebuild? Not that we're going to have anything as like it was before. It, guess what? It may be better. It may that's be stronger. Right. So right. focusing on the here and now. Listening yeah, and to you, you, there was... Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. One more thing in relationship to what you're saying is that also as cl- clinician to give them to focus on healthy communication. And yes. two things that you said was avoid blaming right. and, and, and taking personal responsibility. Absolutely. Because you cannot, you know, when we talk about, you know, we know the rules of I communication and you communication. Mm-hmm. When we constantly say you did this, you're the reason we put that person in a very defensive position instead of saying, Hey, I feel angry because you left our marriage. I feel cheated. I feel hurt. Owning your feelings, owning, you know, taking responsibility for your feelings. Um, And I think that communication, building those communication, let's go back to communication one-on-one with our clients. Let's talk about you know, you messages, I messages. That was that's old stuff. But guess what? It never gets too old because that's no. going to give your clients an opportunity to, hey, let's talk about how you feel. And guess what? Many times that person will say, "Oh, wow, I, I'm sorry. That's not what I wanted, and that's not, that wasn't my my intent to make you feel that way." I think those you, you just dropped some good nuggets there. I hope anybody that's listening will you know, take some notes and actually use that in practice because I can see with clients that I've worked with how that has been pretty transformative for them. And then going back to what you're saying about living in present, we're talking about mindfulness, you know. Absolutely. Being grateful for what you have, you know, stopping and appreciating what are some good things that are going on in this relationship, you know, or in this family. And so that's that's also kind of basic. We use nice terms now too, but... Mm -hmm. If you're working with clients who are Christians and people of faith, that's something that they understand. That's something that's taught in scripture. And that's something that can help them, you know, rather than just seeing the negative side, can help them see the other side, kind of transform their minds. Yes. That's great. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff there. Okay, Dr. Glow. So how do you want to move from from this to wrapping everything up for, for this first episode? 
Okay, so I think it's going to be great to look at it. And I think that, you know, as you work with your clients to not just this show, um, one of the focus I want to work on, you know, not just using Greenleaf, but there's, you know, I kind of stopped looking at Empire. But uh, one of the things that we looked at Empire, those people, they they hated each other. Yes. They fought. But, you know, in the end, what they said in, in one of the episodes, they said, but you know what? We're family. Yeah. When the family will stick together. You know, being committed to each other, mm-hmm. being committed in your relationships, your your sibling relationship, your the the parents, even your intimate relationship. When you are committed to that person and to that relationship, you will figure out what you need to do in order to make it work. And we, but we, what we want to do is to guide our clients uh, through looking at some of the. Uh, dysfunction in these families yes. uh, some of the good things don't throw out all the all, everything let's look at the good let's look at the bad and let's see what works for you so that's how we can use shows like this in order to support our clients and to help our clients create change well i think that's a great place to wrap up because you have just provided some great information knowledge for the people i hope they pick it up i appreciate it and with that, I want to thank you so much for being on the thank Savvy you, Social Dr. Lowe. Podcast. Thank you. You Bye-bye. have a good one. Bye-bye.